Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hyper Fast Podcast. I am so excited to have Mike Bjorkman, a good friend of mine and a brilliant real estate entrepreneur. The guy runs multiple businesses, has an incredible work-life balance, manages, did you tell me 6,000 doors? I wish I wouldn't be on here with you now, 600. 600. Oh my God. Be on my island. 600 doors. That's a lot of doors and has done about 4,000 transactions, hundreds of transactions a year consistently it's a real estate coach speaker very impressive business that you've built so i'm excited to have you here today thanks for being here thanks for having me this uh this is our second podcast together our one that we did on video at the real estate marketing show is one of our top downloads in the last several months oh that's awesome yeah so we've had thousands of downloads and people love our last podcast so let's make this one awesome let's make it awesome let's try and beat our numbers right (laughs) let's share this so i can put this one on my podcast too and i don't have to record another one with you yeah totally we'll totally share it (laughs) mike has a really successful podcast and one of the top real estate podcasts in the country at this point right mike yeah, it's just it's it gets about four thousand downloads a month, and it's just because it's pretty much evergreen training that you know real estate agents need anything from for sale by owners to expired to social media, and they could just use it. It's just lasts for years and years and years. It's just really good training, raw training that the agents want to. You can't go to most companies because they fluff it all up and then they don't know what they're talking about. But everything that I've done, been in the business for almost thirty years, I actually don't teach anything that I don't know. So I've mastered these things at one point or another in my career as the markets have fluctuated. And um, and that's kind of why we're here, right? Writing, uh, getting your offer accepted every time, I think is what you want to talk about today. And and that's one of our top podcasts. And and we need to kind of duplicate that and talk about it towards your market and your agents and your buyers in today's market to let them know what to do to be super successful. Because Let's face it, if we work so hard all day, we prospect for two hours, we're driving people around for months, showing them property, and then it comes time to write the offer and there's multiple offers and we lose it, it's like tons of hours just wasted away. And actually in our market here in Los Angeles for the last several years, buyers agents actually got out of the business because they were so sick and tired never getting the property that it was sad to me so i started putting together this course and and coaching agents like look you don't have to go through this we just got to think outside the box and do things a little unconventional unconventional and prep our buyers for what life is going to be like in a, in a seller driven market yeah so i'm ready to jump in when you are you told me that you guys are losing out on offers all the time with 30 offers, $100,000 over list. And that's kind of what we experienced here for a while. And man, one of my favorite things to do was get the offer every accepted every time to where I got this really crazy reputation in town where like, well, if Mike wrote an offer on the property, don't bother. 
that was cool, right? Like that was a kind of a neat reputation to have. So let's get into it. What can I do to help your good folks out? Well, like Mike said, I think a lot of you in the country are coming from a Q3 and Q4 where the market wasn't moving as quickly. And so for us in the DC metropolitan, buyers were starting to think, oh, good, we're listening to the media. It's a buyer's market. And then Q1 hits and they're all like, what? I'm losing, right? So it's about the mindset of the agent as much as the mindset of the client. And I knew Mike would be a really good person to talk to. I did not know you had that reputation. So now I'm even more excited. Um, (laughs) But let's just break it down for agents. And we're not going to sugarcoat it, guys. We're going to tell you some of the things where you're getting in your own way. Because ultimately, we're here to serve you and help you get more deals done. 30% of buyers that lose with an agent do not want to use that agent to write their next offer. That's right? a real number, and that's and I think that number is even higher. And what you just said is very true because we're going to take people very far out of their comfort zone right now, and it's for the good of the buyer. And when the agents get in their own way, they lose deals for their buyer because we all want to represent our buyer and protect them and do all these crazy things that we're a buyer's agent. But at the end of the day, the buyer cares about one thing, getting in that house. And in today's market, the buyer doesn't care what they pay for it. They just want it. And I tell buyers, you know, listen, my job today is not to find you the best deal. It's to get you the deal. And they're like, yes, finally, somebody that's on the same page and, that's how we're able to help them. And some of the other agents, they're just like, well, that's a little risky, right? So, Well, they're afraid to even have that conversation. So you're setting an accurate expectation with the buyer and the other agents are shying away from that conversation. And when they're doing that, then they're going into it with the buyer having the wrong expectations. Yeah, the buyer consultation is a very, very important part of today's market because you can't just say, oh, I want to meet you at a home and if they like it, write an offer. You need to prep the buyer for what the market's like, show them comparables for what's going on in their area, show them proof and evidence that there's 30 offers on homes and all that good stuff. And it's important that they really truly understand what's going on. One of the the biggest things is when you start writing offers that you pull out the list and I actually printed out my list of things that we're going to go over as a buyer's agent to, to make it a done deal, you know, to make sure. And I go over that at the buyer's consultation and I say, here's 10 unconventional things that you've never heard of before. But the fact of the matter is we're going to get you the house because of it. And, uh, and I tell them the risks up front. And the other thing we should probably do is some of the things we're going to talk about here is talk to your local board, your state agencies, whatever, whoever governs you, um, because some of these things may be a little bit against the rules in your marketplace or your state. So just because one thing's legal in California or Delaware doesn't mean it's legal in Florida or Maine, you know, that kind of stuff. So, so you uh, can't, you can't sue Mike for giving you this advice, guys. You need to vet it yourself, but he's giving you the advice because he wants you to have the tools that you're armed with to be able to win. So let's dive in. Okay. It all starts with writing the offer. Um, I think it starts even before that being really cool with our, our real estate agent community and, of course, my gardener shows up right now with loud blowers. <laughs> but the, the reality is, is your reputation needs to be stellar in the community and the real estate agents have to like you. I think that's a very big part. Network with them, get to know them, uh, compliment them, happy birthdays, take them out to lunches. All that kind of good stuff really matters um, because when it does come time, here's the time where we need to do it. But I think 
I think one of the things um, that we need to remember is the fax machine kind of killed our industry a long time ago. And what ha- started happening was instead of buyers and sellers, agents getting together, they would just say fax over the offer. And then, of course, that turned into email over the offer. And uh, it, it wasn't a real good thing for our industry as, as far as that personal touch. So I like to I like to get involved with the other agent and say, hey, listen, you know, I really respect your business. I'd like to drop off this offer and talk to you for a few minutes about it, shake your hand, especially if I don't know them. And in today's super busy world, uh, that's not always possible. But when agents say that to me as a listing agent, I'm like, I don't have time for that. But that was so cool that that person was willing to reach out and say, hey, this is how serious it is. I had the buyers get very much involved. As a buyer is going through the house, I take note of what they're really emotionally in love with, where they're putting the Christmas tree and where little Billy's room and Sally's room is going to be. And uh, they need to understand that that it is an emotional decision. So getting them to write the offer, I want it, how I want it, that's part of it. And then the actual, when I do present that to the other agent, the other agent is going to know a lot about this buyer. So the buyer is going to write a letter on their own to the listing agent. We're going to send multiple pictures of the the buyers in the house pointing to where they want their swing set or which one Sally's room is, little video, anything to personally get them involved. And sometimes that's not always possible, but if you set the buyer up with this expectation in the beginning, they're going to understand why you're doing certain things, what you're doing. Uh, That's very, very smart, by the way. So we definitely do the love letter and we do the the picture of the family, but we've never done it in the house. Mm -hmm. No, it's super powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. In today's market, you're only showing one or two houses, right? And they usually know they're going to buy it. So if you can can set the mindset up front, like, hey, we're going to really try to impress the seller. If it's a real seller, then, you know, that's what we need to do. So anyways, when we are doing that, I'm going to also be prepping the buyer in that prior consultation that there's some things in the offer that we're going to be writing that, like I said, is a little risky sometimes with the deposit. However, that makes them want to be pre-approved that much tighter. It's not a, it's not a game anymore. We're going to have a pretty big deposit at stake, right? So once we, once we get the buyer to get involved with the letter, then I'm going to write a letter as well. And I'm going to say how wonderful an experience it is working with these buyers, how serious they are. I don't know about your area, but we have people writing offers that have never seen the home before. They're just so desperate to get a home. They're writing four or five offers at a time. It's just ridiculous. So I want that listing agent and the seller, especially to know this is a home. This isn't a, you know, this isn't a joke. This is something that the buyer really wants. But you got to back that up, right? You got to back that oh, up. Oh, totally. Because your reputation is on the line. And yeah, we actually have a lot of clients who buy the house without seeing it in the DC metro area. And it's because they're buying it from Saudi Arabia and they're moving here and they don't have time. Right. So that is, that is something that we're on the other side of, but you might as well leverage the strengths that you have. Yeah, exactly. And we had that too. We have the Asian market coming in here and things unseen. That's all I need is the dogs going with the gardener. <laughs> so you guys get to see Fridays is a home day for me. So how bad is that noise? Is that pretty unbearable? No, no, it's okay. We're good. We can't, we can't even hear it. Oh, good. <laughs> is it, so I do podcasts with Jesse Zagorski and he's always got a train going by. He's like, oh no, the train. I swear you can't even hear it. It's hilarious. <laughs> all right. 
So let's talk about this offer. The deposit is a really big deal. Over the years, people have said the deposit's not a big deal anymore because there's so many ways for a buyer to get it back. And I was even one of those people. I'd say, I don't even care if the deposit's a dollar because it's so hard to even keep it. It doesn't matter. Um, but what I found out in this particular market as we went around again, the deposit was a big deal because it's not really easy to get deposits back in most states. So I tell the buyer, listen, the higher the deposit, the, the better of a buyer you look. And then I said, let's make this deposit non-refundable, right? Making a deposit non-refundable is pretty crazy, especially if you do a contingency period that's really low. Like if you say, we're going to do a 48-hour contingency period, it's either pass or fail. We're going to buy the house, and then we're going to release the deposit to the seller. Now, when a buyer is willing to do that, that's pretty incredible, right? Yep. And I know there's people here because I've done this podcast before and trainings before the agents are like, no way. What about surveys that take a long time? What about geological? So if you're concerned about that, you can say, you know, my contingency will be 21 days on geological survey lines and point out what the buyer might be really concerned about. So you can hold that one particular contingency together. But if you make that, if you release that deposit non-refundable to the seller in 48 hours, that's pretty powerful. That says, look, I'm buying your home. Yep. Uh, the, the, the part that goes along with that, that, that's my number one secret weapon. Number two is the escalation clause. And it's kind of cool because it got popular this go around. But before last market, up until 2005, nobody ever heard of it. It was really my secret weapon. And it just says buyer has the right to pay $1,000 over the highest offer, not to exceed blank. So when you have that conversation with the buyer, and let's say the house is seven fifty, and the and the and the buyer, and you say, "Hey, would you be upset if somebody else paid eight hundred for this?" Yeah. Would you be upset if somebody else paid eight fifty for this? Yeah, I don't know. Well, what we're trying to do, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, is find out exactly where your pain threshold is. How much do you love this home? Because I'm going to write that, you know, not to exceed blank. So if this house goes over eight hundred thousand, you're out. But there, but, but I might pay 825. Well, then that's the number that we're going to use. Right. So, and this has been challenged in court a lot of times. And I, and I can't obviously tell exactly where, but this has stood the test of time in court. When the seller signs off, the buyer has the right to. That means they actually have the right to, no matter what, get the house. So all the other ducks are in a row. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty powerful. And buyer's agents, for some reason, are just too weak to have that conversation with their buyer. And I'm like, come on, the buyer wants you to be strong. Guys, they don't want to lose this house. Well, the worst case scenario is when you write the offer. And I've talked to tons of agents in this situation. Thankfully, not many on my team, but it has happened where they write the offer and then the client loses and they're like, oh no, I would have paid 10,000 more. That means you didn't do your job as the agent because you didn't educate them so that they were putting their best foot forward. So we love escalation addendums. And one of our tricks will say, okay, a lot of people are going to go over by a thousand, right? So we'll, we'll make it 5,700 over the next offer so that if there is some discrepancy with a contingency or the other party was able to work with them a little differently on possession date or something else. It's enough to get them to counter that, to come back to us and to trump the other offer. 
Yeah, that's really important. And I always, I always say the word a thousand dollars higher over. But when you do, if you do do the five or ten thousand over, you might want to also put in writing that the other agent show you proof of the other offers, <laughs> so they can't really screw with you too much. Um, so let's move on. I have a really crazy story that I have to tell really quick. Go ahead. So in Virginia, the document changed. It did not used to say that the other agent would have to show you the offer. Uh So a few years ago, I had clients that were paying cash and we escalated like way over. We tried to do a pre-home inspection because I was, I was always very, very aggressive when the client told me this is the house I want. Right. So the other agent, for whatever reason, dug his heels in and would not show us the other offer. He would only show us the first page of the other offer. So obviously there was some term or something he didn't want us to see. So I get my clients on the phone. I have everything ready to send our, like finalize our offer. And I call the other agent and I'm like, hi, Jimmy, it's Carrie. I'm so sorry to deliver this news, but unfortunately your clients lost the bidding war. And I just need to verify the information in your offer to make sure that what, what has been communicated to us is correct. So as soon as I verified with him, I sent it and we got it. And probably six months later, the law changed in Virginia. So I definitely recommend for anyone who has it the way that it was written in the past, making sure that you can verify the other offer is important. Yeah. It's even in our contracts, we still verify it. Also the liquidity of funds in our area, a lot of people are borrowing from 401ks and you know, they say, here's the money, but that the liquidity of funds is so important to show that it's not coming from another property because the trick out here is to buy non-contingent when they're truly contingent. So I always just like to point that out like, here, we're showing you it's liquid. It's no joke. I'm going to copy the credit report too. Um, obviously, you got to get a permission from your buyer to share that with the other agent, but but a copy of a credit report saying, look, your FICOs are 750 and here's the, you know, here's their, here's laying it out there. Like there's nothing to hide, you know? So I always like to put that out there. That's uh, smart. We don't do that. I love that idea. It's huge. And then you can cross out their name with the Sharpie. Like I got, you know, that kind of thing. They're but, social. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just cross out everything. Just leave the last four numbers or whatever, go along with the lender's credit uh, prequal letter. But the the other secret weapon that I have too, that the agents love is I'll build in a per diem for the buyer and I'll make it pretty hefty. Look, I'll say, you know, Jim, our lender says he can close in, you know, 10 days. Why don't we put in there after 30 days, a per diem of $250 or $500 goes to the seller immediately release daily to that seller that the buyer will pay for. And what that does is, I don't know if you remember the REO days, but the bank started doing that because the buyers would hem and haw and try to get these hard money loans. And I thought it was one of the smartest things in the world. And so this go around, I'm like, well, screw that. We're going to use that too. So instead of waiting for the seller's agent to do it to us, we went in with that. You know, At any time, if this escrow does not close by March 31st, buyer will pay $500 a day until the closing the seller as a penalty for not closing on time. And the, and that, that alone sometimes is enough for the listing agent to just call and say, dude, I want to work with you on every deal. Not yeah. only is it non-refundable, you have no contingencies, you have a per diem. Like, you know, I mean, imagine, imagine we're listing agents, right? So imagine sitting there with the seller saying, look at this. So 
that was another thing that got me in a lot of trouble. Double ending properties because of that, right? The the offers would be even higher sometimes, but I'd say, look at my buyers willing to do. And, yeah. And, you know, and they'd just be like, so the agents would hate me because I would double end the properties and there'd be 20 offers. And they're like, of course you got it. I'd be like, hey, you know, what are you going to do? Yep. So there's, there's a couple other tricks that we started using probably in the last three or four years when the market got really hot here. We started just getting more and more aggressive. And then there was times where the buyer would say, I don't care if I pay $50,000 over asking. And I'd be like, okay, well, let's think outside of the box a little bit more. I said, why don't we do this? Why don't we write in that the seller is not paying the commission to the buyer's agent, but the buyer is. So on a million dollar property, buyer's agent's commission will be paid by buyer. So seller sees that. The worst thing a seller wants to do is pay the damn commission, right? They just can't (laughs) believe that we're worth that money. So when they say, wait a minute, I'm getting all this and I'm getting it for free, the sellers are blown away and they love that. Or my other favorite one is when you add on top of that and buyer will pay seller's closing costs not to exceed 2%. Dude, they go crazy. They love that. Yeah. It kind of screws it up in case... It, it screws it up so bad that the the other agent just says, well, we have to take your offer. Like, how am I not going to? So when I feel, and a lot of times the agents were double ending properties, I'd write the offers like that. But one thing I should back up and tell you is every time we did that, we would write the offers and I'd say, listen, one of the benefits of working with Team Bjork is when you write the offer, we're going to deliver a bouquet of flowers as a thank you for spending the time going over your offer with that letter from the buyer, with the photos of them, because a lot of agents would trash the offers. They wouldn't show the offers if they were good. So if we're delivering to the house, it says, thank you for going over our offer. They're like, wait, where's Mike Bjorkman's offer? You know, and then they like, oh, maybe let me check my email. So that kind of thing. So we would do that. And, you know, so then they were forced to show our offer. So it was a really now big- that's smart. It was a really big deal because they were just hiding our offers because we wrote these offers so good. The agents are like, uh-oh, how am I going to double end this when Mike's writing non-return, non-refundable deposits being released right away? And they it's, can't. And he, any other agent writing the offer has a hard time going through why their buyer should do that, especially when they're representing the seller because then they, they see it as a conflict of interest. So that makes total sense. I love yeah. it. And then, you know, there's the typical remove the appraisal contingency too. Uh, I don't know if you guys had appraisal issues like we did here, but the appraisals were like, you know, people would remove the appraisal contingency. So we would say, if the appraisal didn't come in, buyer will immediately put the difference in in as a non-refundable deposit within 48 hours. So before it was like, well... We can't do that. I hated that because the agents were like, oh, we're so smart. But show me proof of funds that the buyer has the ability to waive the appraisal, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they don't have the ability. So, so now what? Uh, it means nothing. But when your buyer is going to bring the money in within 48 hours and release it to the seller as like a thank you, that's pretty impressive. So yeah. obviously, you have to have a really good buyer for this. And some buyers don't qualify for some of these programs. Right. But most of it works. I mean, if you're dealing in a pretty high end area, you know, it works pretty, it works pretty good. And I'm not saying you have to take all these things and do it, 
but try one or two or try three. But at least if you do the letter with the pictures from the bottom, and it starts adding up, right? You know, we're gonna we're gonna take our contingencies down to uh, five days, and and you said something earlier that was really interesting to me. Uh, and I only did it a couple times and it was just because it was a friend of a friend, but bring that inspector over for the final walk, not the final walk, but the final showing before the offer is written and just say, dude, run around the house, see if there's anything that you see that really stands out. And then they're like, no, this house is fine. And I see a couple of little things, you know, but you know, once we get in the attic and look at the foundation, but that's a really good idea too. But also on the listings, you know, the a big thing I always have them do is have the pre-listing for the listings and the termite done before too, uh, which is just a little bonus in there. Are you a real estate agent with friends or clients moving to or from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? Send them to the number one team in the area. The Kerry Shell team will ensure they get world-class treatment and the best possible results buying or selling their home. The Kerry Shell team has the best training, systems, and marketing, and we proudly guarantee our results. To refer us business, call the Kerry Shell team at 703-589-9067 or go to referkerryshell.com. So the... The worst thing you could do is be one of those people that just send your offer over. I'm too busy to do anything. You know, the listing agents are usually pretty high eyes, right? Would you say that? Like you and I were probably DI. They have some pretty big egos and it's really hard for a high eye to stroke another high eye that you don't really know well. Mm-hmm. So, but I would recommend saying things that you normally wouldn't say to your competitor. A lot of times top agents are going up against each other and they're all fake. Oh, hey, how are you doing, Carrie? But really like, I wish you would die so you didn't take listings from me, you know. But, you know, really, really putting them up on a pedestal and, and you know, thanking them for their time and appreciating them, all those types of things. You know, you could do that. There's there's all kinds of other things. Or pulling their stats. And if there's one that they did a really good job on recently that they got way over the asking price, like, hey, I saw what you did on 15th Street. That was brilliant. Nice job. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. The other little tips and tricks that we did is we would have the buyer in the offer say, pay a listing agent bonus as well. So 1% listing agent bonus just right in there from the buyer. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, check your local laws, ethics, whatever you need to do. Because it's not a bribe. (laughs) It's not. It's just, hey, listen, buyer is doing everything possible to sweeten the pot. By the way, a 2016 convertible Jaguar comes with the buyer's offer, you know? And as long as you disclose it up front, there's nothing wrong with that, right? However you want to sweeten the pot for the listing agent or the seller. And that, you know, that's the other thing we should talk about is really have that conversation. What does the seller want? Well, the seller doesn't care about the money. The seller cares about a 60-day rent back. That would make the world of them so they don't make two moves. Oh, okay. Well, if the other agents don't ask that and you do, that's a big deal. Like, like Carrie, tell me everything about your seller. What would make them the most happy? Well, they absolutely love the window coverings in this house and it's unrealistic for them to take them out. And I told them they couldn't. Done. Take the window covering. What else? Well, they really would love to whatever, you know, and just say, buyers, these are their hot buttons. You know, nobody wants to move twice. And that was a big one for me. Um, yep. so, seller in possession for 90 days. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, we've been looking for a home. You've already lost five others. 
if you had to wait one more month, would it be the end of the world for you to move? You know, like, no, okay, good. Let's give the seller a 90 day free rent back. Yeah. Sellers are like, what? Like, oh my God, you're the best. So yep. those are the types of things. And then of course the listing agent gets to go, hey, guess what, Gary? I'm so good I negotiated a free rent back for you. Good yep. job. Thanks. Get me out of the damn house. Perfect. Well, and what's interesting, I've found when we've trained our agents, because they always are asking about possession date, a lot of the other agents, we all know they're only doing it a handful of times a year. So they're actually not even having that conversation with their clients. So then it's figuring out how to get them to get the information without offending them because you want them on your side and you want them to want to work with you, Mm -hmm. right? But if you can get them to talk to their client, the good news is anyone else who's writing an offer doesn't have that information because they didn't ask enough questions. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, and that's a good thing you brought up because I almost forgot about that. I'm a terrible note taker. The, the, when you are initially speaking to that listing agent, ask them who their lender is. And you know what? Prep your buyers for double lapping with their lender before they even write the offer. So the listing agent's lender calls him and says, hey, Bjorkman's got this buyer that's writing an offer on your property. I just green-lighted him. That's powerful because us as a listing agent, what are we most concerned about? Financing. But if my own personal lender that I trust tells me that buyer's already golden before I've had the offer, and then I get the offer with all this cool, sweet stuff in it, I'm like, yes, I want this offer. And you're yeah, gonna go, that's actually, I've never done that, Mike. That's brilliant. Yeah, and I do it all the time. Most of us use the same group of five lenders anyways. Yeah. So I'll just say that. I'll say, and, and that's part of the buyer consultation is too, is you just tell them, look, you need to keep the most clean, accurate financial package available because sellers will double app you with their lenders. So I have them have a PDF of that up front, just waiting in our file so I can send that to the other lender anyways. Um, because we kind of prep them for that. It's all right. part of the game of getting a house. And if the buyer understands that going in, they're cool with that. They get it. Well, it makes- and they will They will also potentially get a better price because they're being unconventional based on your coaching about how they're approaching the whole process, right? So to me, if you ask the buyer, you know, is it worth $5,000 or potentially winning or losing the house to have this when you're going to be collecting it for one lender anyway, ready to go. It just makes so much sense. Love that. That's a really good one. When you have this checklist that I have in front of you, when you're at the buyer consultation or maybe writing the offer, you go down this list and you describe what makes it so powerful for the buyer. And if you're up front with them and say, here's three things we have to do. Number one, I have to create a relationship with that listing agent if I already don't have one. So the agents have to be pals, buddy, chums, right? Then the buyer has to be able to risk a lot and be super conform, not conforming, but you know, bend over backwards to make that agent like them too. You know, yep, and the seller. And then it comes down to the price. So it has to be relationship one, relationship two, and then the price. And if all three of those things align, the stars have aligned, and that's what creates a successful negotiation. And if the buyer understands that up front, it's so much easier because now they're like, yeah, Mike's the best. I've never heard of any of this. We're going to get him. And really what we're doing is taking a lot of power away from the buyer as far as keeping their deposit. But they understand going into it that we're willing to risk it because 
This is what it's going to take in this today's market to get a home. And, and at the end of the day, they love you for it. And they were very, very loyal. And you just say, look, not very many agents will do this, but I'm willing to for you because I care about your family getting into their house. And they're just blown away. And then they start giving you a crap ton of referrals. because Exactly. Because you were so different. <laughs> Who doesn't go to a Sunday barbecue and talk about bidding wars? Like, they're like, well, my agent's doing this. What's your agent doing? Uh, I don't nothing like yeah my agent hasn't talked to me about any of that is going to be the response because 90 percent of the time they're fear-based right one of my least favorite things well i like it when i hear no offense to my local agents because i love y'all but when i hear a local agent say i never let a buyer waive the contingency and i hear people say that like my job is to protect them i'm like wow we're going to end up working with so many buyers that fire you because you're not doing them a service. You're just so ingrained in your position and you're not educating the client and empowering them to make the choice. Right. So in my mind, what you're doing is going to the, the next level of empowerment. And most of them, if like someone told me the other day, I saw this actually on lab code agents that their client wrote a check to the seller. And I'm thinking, Hmm. How would that work with the lender and the regulations? And I've never looked into it, but it's actually smart. Hey, here's the money for your moving costs. The buyer's paying for it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was saying. We just kind of bury that in the closing costs, right? We just say buyer will pay for seller's closing costs. And the thing that the thing about talking to the buyers about this kind of stuff up front, you could say you might as well do it up front. It's kind of like when back in the day, you know, negotiation of services was normal. Like, hey, you get you get title, I get escrow, or I'm back there. I know your things are a little different, but but that was like, hey, we just split it, and then all of a sudden the market was such a seller strong market that the it would just say seller to select services all the way across. You're like. That's stupid. And then it became just normal where the buyer's agent wrote it in, seller, so like services. So this stuff is not too much different. And I tell my buyer anyways, I said, listen, a savvy seller, a seller that's going to try to protect their seller's agent is going to protect them, is going to put all this junk in anyways. So you might as well write it in up front to make them happy up front. Because right. face it, when a seller has a five-page counteroffer, just tearing apart the buyer's deposit, the contingencies, the buyer naturally starts to say, ew, it feels icky. I don't like this house anymore. This house, is, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe this isn't the right house. The and then, seller is so mean. Yeah, so you might as well tell them up front this stuff's going to happen. So at the end of the day, the buyer is going to be like, yeah, let's just ride it in anyway. Seller select services, no deposit, you know, I'll mow their lawn during escrow, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and just make it all like that. And then the agents are just like, dude, that's crazy. Like, I, how could I even talk about the other offers when I had yours, Bjorkman? It's just like, it's just heaven, you know? And then you're such a competitive soul, too. You've just taken all everything you learned from your REO days and then channeled your any inner REO child into giving your buyers the advantage. Yeah, and it works, and 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 the amount of referrals that we got, and it's kind of it's kind of fun to do this with you because I think I told you before we started this, our market has slowed down a little bit. We don't have tons of multiple offers anymore, so I'm like, oh man, this is fun because this is this is us, you know, six months a year ago, and now I'm like, oh, I miss it already. But you know, now we're at a that's a whole new podcast. 
how to destroy a seller now in a buyer's market. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to do that one another day. And when you guys catch up to us, we'll do that one because it's just as fun too. So what else do you have to add to add value for our people listening? I mean, I'm sure you have a couple tricks up your sleeve that, that I need to learn from you. Um, um, hmm. So the possession date is a big one for me. And I feel like a lot of the, I already mentioned this, but a lot of the agents will just, they, when they don't know, they're embarrassed. Right. And so their tendency is to say they're flexible about their sellers. And right. I'm like, oh, wow, that's so wonderful. I'm just going to say what I say to them. That's great that your seller's flexible. That's, I'm sure they're a great client to work with. Right. Cause then you're disarming them and not making them feel like you're being combative for asking for the information. And we just say, would you mind doing me a quick favor? Could you call them and ask them if the world were perfect? What would be ideal? And sometimes I think the other agent doesn't want to tell you that the client's moving out of the area or they're buying another home because they feel like it's going to weaken their, their client's position or something. And so I'm just really transparent. I just want to write a perfect offer. I want to make sure that it's exactly in line with what your client is looking for. And I know that if I can get them to get the information from their client, it's going to empower our clients to write a stronger offer. And a couple of other things. I'm going to empower you to make it look like you pre-negotiated heaven. Like yeah. you're so good. And just tell them straight up, you are awesome. Go find what they want. Yeah. Right. And then, then you get to be the hero. So then the other piece that we didn't talk about, sometimes for us, if we have someone who's doing VA financing, do you guys have a lot of VA financing? Very, very little. Okay. So we have a lot of military here. So for whatever reason, sellers often have the perspective that if there's low money down or it's VA, it's not as good of a contract. And so we've trained a lot of our clients to actually put in a conventional offer and show that they're going to be putting a lot of money down if they have the liquidity to do so. And then right in, they retain the right to use their VA loan uh, as long as it does not impact the seller in any way, doesn't slow yeah. down the closing, et cetera. That's so what, what we're doing is just like backdooring the type of financing that might not seem as appealing, but really if they have the ability to get a normal loan anyway, VA is easier to qualify for, right? Yeah, so That's another podcast that I like to talk about prepping your sellers for what makes sense. And of course, VA is awesome. And that that today just probably saved hundreds of deals. And, and, and when you do the show notes or talk about this, say you guys need to listen to the last five minutes because that that was a golden nugget that that is life-changing, like for reals. Because if, if, if you are in fact in an area like that, that's money. Like that was the best tip I've ever heard. And of course, that's why I love you so much because you're awesome. Oh, thank you. I have yeah. one more. Oh, one God. more that's important. I don't know how much I can handle more of <laughs> um, So it has to do with the down payment. So a lot of our clients have parents, family members that have a lot of liquidity, but they tend to be either first-time buyers or they're moving up and all their money's trapped in their house. And so we train them to, to collect resources, right? So if their parents would be willing to put the money down if they had to, and that positions the client to have the liquidity to pay cash, we'll write the offer cash. Or yeah. we'll write the offer with 50% down. Because if the seller is considering two offers and one has 50% down and one is 10% down, which one do you think they're gonna take? 
right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a method of putting their best foot forward. And I think a lot of agents are afraid to ask the buyer, hey, do you have a family member or do you have 401k or do you have liquidity somewhere that if you had to put it down in order to close, you could, because a lot of times they're going to qualify. They're not going to have to put it down, but it just gives them so much additional leverage. Yeah. And that's another really important point. And of course, I should have talked about that as bridge loans. Um, because that was a huge problem here. People were trying to buy their house, but they haven't sold their house yet. And of course, they don't want to put it on the market yet because it's going to sell instantly and they can't, they're going to be on the streets, blah, blah, blah. So bridge loans were a huge, huge, huge part. And I'd say, yes, you're going to pay five grand in interest and points on a bridge loan, but would you rather get the house? And they're like, yeah, you're right. So I'd have all of our buyers that had to sell a house qualify for a bridge loan and present that pre-approval for the bridge loan too and have that lender actually leave a voicemail saying, yes, I can get them the down payment. I can have them buy non-contingent with the bridge loan. And I'd have to educate the other agents sometimes about how bridge loan works and they don't, and they're truly non-contingent. And that's, that's, that's another really important thing that we should have talked about. Uh, And it's amazing how many hard money lenders and just normal lenders will do a bridge loan. I mean, that's in and out money for them, right? That's like three, four, five points right up front, small, short term. These people love that. And most agents go, well, who's going to do a bridge loan? Everybody. That's yeah. the money these lenders can make. And they love doing it, especially if there's equity in the other house, right? Like, duh, it's a no-brainer. So, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Now we've- we, have a, we have a specific niche product called a, cl- a cross-collateral loan. It's just a type of bridge loan, but in our market, it's a really important tool. So if you guys haven't heard of that, I would recommend that you talk to your lender to see if they have it. The reason it's unique is that the client does not need to qualify for both houses. In our market, because the the prices of houses are so expensive, a lot of times they cannot qualify for both houses at the same time. So with a cross collateral, they're putting the bank is putting a lien on their old house. They're pulling the cash out. They're allowing them to close on this house. And then they still have, in many cases, up to a year to sell their previous house, but they're not actually qualifying for both at the same time, if that makes sense. Awesome. So that's a really cool product that enables people who can't usually qualify to get it done. And if you just go for a standard bridge loan, they're going to be discluded sometimes. And you all, we all know if they write a contingent offer, forget it. You better go find them something off market because they're not going to win if they have a contingent offer ever. That's crazy. I wonder if we have any lenders out here that'll do that. Cause that's, especially if you give them a year to sell. Are you kidding? I know. Well, most of the time with the bridge loan, like some of the programs that are out there, you know, they only have a couple months. And so their biggest fear is, Am I going to end up selling this home and undervaluing my asset because I'm just trying to get out? And that's a hard conversation to have with them. Well, with the cross collateral loan that we use, it's up to a year. So they have the ability to go through multiple markets if they have to, to get it sold. In our market, they don't have to. As long as they're realistic about the pricing, they're going to get it sold. But that's their fear. So it addresses that. I love it. Yeah. So great podcast. I mean, this is, this is <laughs> motivates me to go move to an area where there's multiple offers still. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to play this podcast in my team meeting so they can learn all of your tips and tricks. It's been awesome. So I really, really appreciate your time um, and advice. I mean, there's a few things that I've never done. So very cool. Yeah. It's, some of it feels a little funny in your tummy, but once you do it a couple of times, it's all good. 
It's all good. And, and if the buyer understands that going into it, look, we're not trying to get you a good deal. We're trying to get you a deal for God's sakes. Like so take, take my experience for my, my honesty for what it is. Like we're just going to be lucky to find you a home. You're going to want to work with me for two reasons. Number one, I'm going to find you an off-market property. Number two, if there are multiple offers, I'm going to get it for you. Yep. And nothing to do with getting you a good price. It's all about getting you a moving truck in front of your house. Yep. And then they're like, wow, that's cool. Everybody else is still BSing me about trying to give me a good deal. Like, I'm, I'm so desperate for a house. <laughs> and, and, if, and if people are, if you're serious and there's 30 offers with 100 grand over, like, tell people that that's going to be happening. Yep. Block, show about it, post it, do whatever you have, educate your dang buyers that that's what's going on right now. Absolutely. Yep. Well, right. thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to miss you guys at closing table. I know. It's going to be a bummer. I always enjoy my private little carry time where I learned something good. And you guys, whoever's listening to this, you are so blessed to be part of our trainings, part of our world even, because like it's very rare you find somebody who can do what she does with the knowledge and experience that she does, with the smile on her face, and it's all coming from her heart. So you guys are very blessed to have Carrie in your life. And uh, feel you. free to reach out to me if you need anything, you guys. All right. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining Bye. us today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.